0: All right.
1: Hello and welcome everybody to the Habs World Podcast. I'm your host, Norm Sarek, and uh, with me tonight is three of my usual co-hosts. First up is Paul McLeod. Paul, how are you?
2: Very well, Norman. as always, happy to be back with you
0: guys on the pod.
1: Happy to have you back. Next up is Sean KUET. How are you, Sean?
0: Good. Uh, tonight I noticed we're just four as opposed to five. Uh, I think Kevin might have jumped off a bridge after the, the Habs uh, first round selection. If there were bridges in Ulyskert, I'm not entirely sure.
1: <laughs> we'll have to send out a, a, the OPP to check on him. <laughs> uh, next up is Jonathan Rebello. How are you, Jonathan?
3: Um, better than Carey Price on the mic.
1: <laughs> oh yes and i'd like to talk about that but uh first i should mention that we're recording this uh the evening of july 4th uh 2023 and this is episode number 100 our centennial episode
3: yeah a little double celebration you know happy uh independence day to our neighbors to the south and happy 100th uh, birthday to us wow 100 episodes guys great job nice to be a part of it yeah for sure
0: and congrats to you two the the yeah, Norm and
3: Norman. and i every episode right all 100
0: yeah, yep. we're
1: OG. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which in my case stands for old guy.
2: <laughs> oh, wait, did I qualify?
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. So let's uh let's let's begin. Obviously, we were gonna talk about the draft and the first round selection after a whole lot of uh debate this season amongst all of all of us uh, in in the previous episodes, has certainly been who could the Habs pick obviously uh it wasn't Bedard and even on our very last one there wasn't a whole lot of talk other there was some talk about uh David Reinbacher. so I'm going to ask you guys a couple questions well first of all are you happy or unhappy with that selection and and uh who did you if unhappy who did you hope they they would have taken after those first four picks were were gone well Sean's got to go first because he's the one who said (laughs) they were going to pick Reinbacker
0: so let's hear all about it yeah yeah, do we have the technology to uh, to to loop that uh, <laughs> that prediction back in? Because I'd love to to have it on a repeat. Although I did have, and yeah, you can get rid of the caveat I put afterwards in terms of uh, my you going. But uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I I'm happy. I mean, I know everyone wanted Mitchkov, or a lot the, the very vocal part of the fan base wanted Michkov, but to get the number one defenseman in the draft, uh, someone that had one of the I think maybe the, the best draft year ever for a defenseman in that league that's only getting better and better. I mean, you you can't be disappointed with that. And I think, uh, what was it after the draft? Was it to uh, Bobrov? You know, you kept talking about him as an asset, right? Because that's what it is. It's a right big right defenseman. It's an asset. So it's, you know, you can wait for him to develop. And then from there, you know, there's always going to be interest whether he hits or not, right? Uh, but I think the floor is very high. And I think the upside is a little higher than people expect.
3: Yeah. My yeah. thoughts on it, would just be, you know, he's uh you know, from not a prototypical hockey country and a guy going in the top, like, you know, a, a draft this deep with so many forwards. I just feel like it was a, a reach at five and they, you know, should have explored trading down, but I know a defense will run right, right afterwards to Arizona. But uh, I think that a bunch of y'all didn't pick uh, pick a D man there that, there would have been a run on a few more forwards before Ryan Backer went. I'm not disappointed in the player. Uh, I do, you know, it is great to get the best defenseman of the draft. It's always a great thing to get. I just feel it was the wrong player in the wrong hole, but you know, that is a good uh, good perspective from Bob Rob there saying he is an asset. You know, who knows? Maybe uh, they'll trade him for uh, Scott Gomez type and he'll eventually leave that <sighs> organization and he'll be a Ryan McDonough and win some cups somewhere, right? Who knows? Oh. Uh, well,
1: uh... <laughs> <Paul? laughs> Well,
2: I just have to take a minute to, you know, purge the mental images that just came up when when uh, John said that and the urge to vomit. I'll be honest, when I first heard the pick, I literally felt sick to my stomach because I thought they were going to take an impact forward. But as I reflected on it, it look, Bobrov's father works for SKA, right? They have to have some inside information on Mitchkoff to not take him have to either that or they're just comfortable with we didn't see him enough and we're not sure if he's the player that everybody else says he is and the video didn't wasn't convincing for us either way they're the experts and we won't know if they were wrong for you know three to five years at least so i think the, th- the part that disturbed me was the reaction of the f- some of the fans of the reportedly sending, you know, nasty messages to Rhinebacker because they didn't like the Canadians picking him. That's ridiculous. He could end up being the best player. I mean, unlikely. I mean, not the best player, the best player after Bedard potentially. You know, Morris Sider was considered reached by Detroit and he, run- he won the Calder, right? Is he going to be that good? I don't know. But I'm hearing that he looks really good already on the right side of Lane Hudson. And if you have a little defenseman, you want a big, hard-skating, smart guy right there beside him. So I I see the move for as a good team-building move. Uh, Was it the right move? I don't know, because my crystal ball is cloudy. If it wasn't cloudy, uh, you know, I'd be a billionaire, and I'd be flying you guys around every game. We could do live podcasts (laughs) for fun.
1: (laughs) I'd take you up on that on that opportunity, sure. Well, you guys you guys covered it pretty well. I'll try and add to that. I, I am in agreement with, with most of you with, the, with regards to the, the fact that I'm not unhappy with Reinbacher uh, being their pick. It was a little bit of a surprise, like Jonathan said, that with so many talented you know, star potential forwards in, in the draft still available, not just Mitch but even Ryan Leonard was looking like a really solid option. And then a lot of rumors going around with him. And he, I think he was picked two two or three slots after, I believe. Yeah, I think it was Washington that picked him up. Mm-hmm. So in that aspect, and especially since you look at the current layout of the team and you think, where do they need more help? Is that is forward? It is a bit disappointing that way. But I've got nothing against a kid. I certainly hope he's he's going to step up and take advantage of it. He seems to have the right attitude. You know, his interviews came across as like a pretty humble kid. Um, there was something that I read about him on, um, oh, I think it was Le Press. They There was an interview with um, one of his teammates who was from Quebec who played with him for the last two seasons. And he, he raved about him, and he was like really impressed that a kid who showed up at their at their team at, and I think he was, he would have been uh, 16, I think, because he's 18 now, two seasons ago. And how he's adopted to playing in, from an Austrian uh, hockey background, especially coming to a Swiss league. And the Swiss league is nothing to scoff at. It is certainly one of the best European leagues. And he's playing with, with other men. And, you know, for somebody who's still a teenager and, and adapting as well as he did, he shows so much, upside and potential, and, and still managed to put up decent points and show a lot of promise. And uh, yeah, there's a lot. And there were a lot of good things. Uh, Sean, I think you, I liked the one that you'd mentioned about the video clip about him uh, nearly scoring on that setup from Lane Hudson in, during today's scrimmage. So and, and other things I've been reading on social media, too. Like There's been a lot of positive things about him, uh, during, during this, uh, little, uh, development camp. So where's he going to, where's he going to play this season? Yeah. Let's talk about that. Where do you think he'll, uh, he'll start?
3: Well, I, I hope it's North America. You know, he's going to have to learn how to play on the North American ice. I say, get him in Laval right away and have him play a full season in Laval. Um, like, but I, you know, I don't know anything. Maybe he's supposed to play in Switzerland and, and complete his schooling. And I know he has a job over there too. He's a headhunter of some kind. So he's got to make sure he checks all those boxes.
1: Okay.
2: I heard the yep. initial plan was that he was gonna stay in, in Switzerland for a
0: year to finish his schooling, but I don't know.
1: They mm-hmm. mentioned
0: that. that and I thought that they I read something that they wanted to bring him over, but because of the backlash, it might be leaning more towards sending him back. Which is kind of weird because the backlash him, from what? From the fans messaging him essentially, like um, to calm mm-hmm. people down and send him back to Switzerland. Okay. I'm
3: sure it's just a few hundred idiots online. You know, the way that always is. They just feed off each other. Big trolls. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The word fans does derive from fanatics, and I kind of classify that group of, uh, Idiots in that category because yeah. not a single yeah. one of
3: them would say a thing to his face. So who cares?
1: Right,
0: right. No. And, I, and it was equated to the, the the groups that uh, light like cars on fire after the, the playoff. <laughs> yeah. The yeah, I mean, it's, it's not fandom. It's just it's, it's mob yeah, mentality but, stuff. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: The whole thing is so stupid, though. Nobody knows that Mitchkov is going to be a superstar. Nobody knows if Reindbacher is going to be a number one D. Nobody. Yeah, but but
3: right? but Mitchkov is sexy. Reinbacker is David. David. David, boring. Like it's like Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. Right? It's a boring pick. Yeah, it might be, and it might end up being a great one, but it's uh, um, it's and not, uh, back, it's not tickling the fancy of the fan base. And back yeah. to your
0: point, Paul, with uh, Arizona taking a, a defenseman right after, not just that, it was a Russian. Yeah. Right. So they had scouts in Russia, and they said we'd rather take Simashev than Mitchkov. So, yeah. You know, there's something there.
3: I don't yeah, well, yeah. you know, I, I got a point about that, Sean. Apparently, Mitch Cuff's, uh camp made it very well known that he did not want to go somewhere where hockey did not matter. Um, when they had their meeting with Philadelphia, he made that well known, and he made, and Mitch Koff made that known to Arizona that he had no interest in ever coming over and playing uh, in Mullet Arena in front of seven or 800 people. He was not interested in that.
0: Okay. Then that again, is easy I to believe. 18-year-old deciding that, I mean, it's kind of like... It's yeah, a, but he's an 18-year-old professional
3: already. He you know, was, was a professional for me. Okay. But well, that, yeah, but, that's,
1: that's a good point because I also read that Mitch Koff kind of dictated which teams he would a- allow to be interviewed, whereas almost everybody who's, who goes to the uh, – I'm thinking of the Combines, but even after the Combines, like at the time they had before the draft, they everybody wants to be interviewed. You you want exposure. You want to talk yeah. to teams. You know, it, it, even yeah. if they ask the same questions, it doesn't matter. They you still want to be have a chance to 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 meet with them. Even though you're in his case, he has to do it through an interpreter, but still, yeah. Uh, uh, I, that uh, that's suspect.
2: But just one more thing: who was the consensus number two behind Bedard going into the draft?
3: Santelli before and Also, one too.
2: by far on almost every board, right? Yeah. And then but some Anaheim, Matt Carlson was better, so they took him. So if they really thought Mitchkov was better, they might have taken him, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it only makes sense. They were they didn't go with the consensus. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe they know something. Maybe they're maybe everybody's wrong except Daniel Berreir. Maybe Mitchkov will be fantastic. But we're also in a way different situation. Berreir is just in the midst of tearing the team down to the studs. So. If he waits three years, that's not a problem for that team. Like in three years, I'm hopefully that we're more in a contending mode. We don't have quite the same window and the same runway that Philly has.
0: Clearly, Hughes is not thinking three years ahead. You know, he wants to win now. You know, the new hook trade and then the dock trade, you know, there's like there's move. It's obvious that he kind of wants to move forward now as opposed to rebuild for another three years like the Flyers.
2: Right, but I think that's also predicated on the fact that as a vastly experienced agent, he's seen how many high draft picks bust, right? So if you can get somebody who's gone through the growing pains and has more of a certainty to be an NHL player based on your professional scouts and your faith in your development team, then you go for it to accelerate the rebuild, right? That's just To me, that's, that's a risk aversion strategy, or like a risk mitigation on his part. That's the way I see it. You mentioned
3: Newhook there. What do we think about that guy?
0: I love it. I love the trade. I think you're you're not going to find that type of talent at 31 and 37. I'm sorry, you're not. That's already in the NHL. You know, he's already a, a 30 point player, two seasons in. Extremely talented, and I think he's the guy. Before Caulfield dropped, was a lot of house fans were clamoring that we'd like to have him at 15 because it was more likely that he'd be available which he was.
3: I remember um, I remember that
0: on Twitter. Yes,
3: people did, were definitely clamoring for Alex Sarnaoka new- at the, so, for uh, the Caulfield uh, draft.
0: Yeah. So it was a guy that's buried down in the depth chart in Colorado playing with like Matt Nieto and uh, what JT Comfort. Like I mean, what are you going to do with those guys? Since so I'm, I'm excited. I'm cautiously optimistic, but I don't I don't know. I remember we picked the uh, Sebastian Kohlberg early second and everyone thought that was a home run and you know, he didn't pan out and Jacob de la Rose and, and Zach Fucali, you know, there's, there's all these sure back in the late first. This is, it's a, it's really a dartboard at that point in the draft. And I think you got an NHL pair with upside. So it's nice.
3: Yeah. So we saw Sean is what you're saying. If uh new hook ends up being a 50 point third liner, the trade's a good, a good trade for those two picks.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Hmm. Okay.
2: That's a very reasonable viewpoint i'm a little more reserved i didn't mind the trade but i thought it might it's its a, not i didn't think the i didn't think that the asking price was exorbitant or that he you know sold the farm i just don't know how good new hook's going to be so i'm hoping that sean and Hughes and Gorton are right and St. Louis will work his magic along with you know some meaningful ice time for Newhook and he will be uh Doc part 2
3: What's uh what's Newhook gonna sign? Sorry, New Hook, what's he gonna sign for? Like how much money is he asking for? What's his mm. qualifying offer?
0: It can't be far off from Doc. I think the production is very similar. Okay. Maybe yeah. a little less because I think Doc, you know, is picked higher in the draft, so yeah. So
3: something like 3 million or something
0: like that. I, I could see that. I mean, I, I,
3: yeah, I don't know what
0: it, that comparable is. Yeah. Any uh, it, thoughts on the
3: on new, uh, new trade norm?
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: let's see. I've got some mixed feelings about it. I mean, I like him as a pro player from what little I've seen of him and from what a little I've read about him. He, I mean, he does have excellent speed and acceleration. He's very good defensively. And when he was a junior and college player, he definitely had some offensive numbers, too. So he, he has some skill, and apparently it has not been fully developed. It, so that the comparisons to Doc lie there, too. So I, I get that. He's a little bit smaller at 5'10", but he's got fairly stocky built, so it's pretty decent. I like that. I talked to a friend of mine who's an Avs fan, and he told me that uh, he believes New Hook has second-line potential. Now, he's been stuck behind Nate Buchanan, of course, in Colorado for the last few seasons, and also behind Kadri a couple seasons before that. But he was the kind of player that did fit in really well when they had their big uh, playoff drive where they won the cup, uh, and it was something he adapted to very quickly once he came right out of uh, college to, to do that. But last season was kind of a step back for him a little. So that's what has me a little uh, leery about him, um, more so as a center, I guess, because after the trade deadline, when the Avs picked up Lars Eller, he, he got dropped down to, like, the fourth line. And uh, that game that they played against the Habs back in March, that's that's where I saw him as, as their fourth-line center that game. behind yeah, him and J.D. Comfer, I think, was the, the third-line guy when Eller was getting second-line time.
3: That makes so sense, though, right? Obviously, he wouldn't have been available for trade if he had another progressive year and scored 60 points last year. There's no way they would have traded him, right? That's why mm-hmm. Montreal got him, because he did take that little step back
1: right right but that that trade off i mean the price to pay was kind of high it was a low first round pick and a high second round pick in a very deep draft so you know time will tell of course how those picks turned out but man it's um it's hard to say i'm just i have to see him in in camp and see how he he starts out in and, and how he adapts to the uh, development style going on
0: now in Montreal another of uh no i think it's like a handful of newfoundlanders that are I played for the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. Well, obviously yeah. Ryder. Do you guys know any of the of the others? Terry Ryan. That's good. Correct. First yeah.
3: round pick.
1: Terry Ryan.
0: Ter- terrible pick. Yes. And was that before Ginla? Yeah.
2: No. Probably. No, I'm sure it wasn't. But
1: um, Shane was Doan. Bad.
0: Oh, maybe it was Doan. It was, yeah. it was a start. Point or oh no,
1: you know, I think it was Doan was picked right before him. And I think the what I remember reading now is the Habs were all intent on picking Doan, but.
0: He got snapped up.
3: Terry Ryan. Terry Ryan went uh, eighth overall. Jerome McGinlay went 11th to Dallas.
0: Yeah, uh, okay. okay. And there's a uh, two more that I have on my list here that uh, played for the Canadians, Newfoundlanders. Oh. Fairly uh, recent. Oh man, not not, not recent. Like the last, the last in the 90s. Oh, okay. So it's not it's no one obscure from the.
1: 50s. I should there was a tough guy. Uh, he was
0: one. Darren Langdon.
1: Yes. That's one. Yes. Yes.
0: yes. And there's another oh, one that's a, a big uh, defenseman. A big defenseman. A big oh, defenseman. BB. Big, BB. I don't know. Brad Brown.
3: Ah, uh, wouldn't remember it. that? Oh wouldn't it wouldn't okay. it How many it games play? did he play with the Canadians?
0: Uh he played uh, a couple uh, twenty-one games one season, twenty-three another, but he was also picked uh eighteenth overall by them. In the, in '94, mm. so uh, I pick. yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> I don't want to see the list of the players right after him. No,
2: don't want to know. But one one thing about Newhook that you know Kent mm-hmm. Hughes knows him very very well. He's stayed at his house. He knows his kids. He's coached against him. He was his agent, or at least he was in the agency. There, I wouldn't say there's a GM in the league that knows Newhook better than Kent Hughes. So hopefully that inside information is. Useful, and mm-hmm. he, he turns out to be right in his judgment on the player.
0: He was there hugging him when uh, Newhook got drafted. It's in yeah. the video, so oh, that's oh. pretty cool. Oh. Not that's a- pretty He's neat. his agent. He's his agent. Yeah. So okay. Or was okay, his Agent, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Very neat. And I mean, Newhook had a fantastic year at Boston College. He played <laughs> over a point per game in the AHL when he played there. It's just the mm. ABS are, are always win now when he got there, and they did the same thing to like. Tyson Jose is another one that they picked high and then they brought up way too quickly thinking, oh, we can get cheap production. Martin Couch is another one that they picked high. It's just like, hmm. you know, when you're, when you become impatient, this is what happens because they're in win now and they're probably better off. I think they traded the 37th pick right away. Right. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. The, they they got Russ Colton for it. There you go. Oh, so yeah. they just, they can't wait for someone to, uh, to develop. And that they're not gonna put him in a situation to develop either, right? So and Colorado
3: is kind of, loaded up with Jonathan Drouin as well. They've uh stock in the Arsenal there.
0: <laughs> Good
1: luck
2: you to know, him. He could do well on Nathan McKinnon's line. It's happened. Talk of,
0: yeah, yeah it's I true. could, I, yes, could yes, sure. I could too. I could too.
3: So uh, talk we talked about new contract a little bit there. What about uh, Raphael uh, Harvey Pernard there? Raphael Harvey Pernard, one point one million for two years. You gotta love that deal if you're me. Um, you know, worst case scenario, he gets, you know, he, I don't think he's waiver exempt anymore, so he could, you know, get claimed on waivers, w- worst case scenario. But, um, you know, if he battles hard for a spot and, and, and plays anything like he did last year, that 1.1 million is uh, a fantastic uh, deal. And if he clears waivers, he's a good guy that can play in Laval and, and be successful there too.
1: Yeah, I'll go, uh. I, I agree. hes I, I've always liked this kid uh, since he, he got a chance to play this season. Really, he's hes really impressed me. Uh, the previous call-up, I think he had the season before. I, I didn't really see it, but I guess he just needed a little bit more seasoning, and that's fine. And then the guy was a seventh-round pick, so really expectations were super low. But a lot of the buzz about him had been pretty constant since he, he turned pro and, and began his journey in the AHL. So, yeah, I'm super happy because he's he's I think I've said this before, but he's the type of player that goes up and down your your lineup and doesn't miss a beat. He doesn't look out of place on the fourth line, third line, second line first. You know, I mean, yeah, you could argue if you're if you're first line with and you've got Suzuki uh, setting you up, it's going to help. But but still, a lot of other people have been in that position last season with all the injuries I have have had and haven't really capitalized whereas pinard yeah he's, he's he's done it so good for him i think that price is super reasonable everything i've heard about the kid is that he's you know he's just super pumped to be playing pro and super receptive so yeah
0: we'll have yeah. to find another nickname for him because he was levaliger yeah for a long time. <laughs> But yeah you can't be disappointed with that i mean the, like uh, jonathan said maybe he'd get claimed on waivers but the entire contract can you know would be off the books when if you put him in the minors and stuff if it doesn't work out but i mean he works hard i think he'll find a, a niche the only thing is he does play like gallagher and he's 5'9", 180 pounds so he just has you know don't ever get to the point where you where you sign him to a long-term deal like gallagher when he's uh, 27 28 because i don't know how that that will age i don't know he might be a player that well, hopefully, you know, maybe he's smarter about it. But,
3: uh, well, he won't have to block uh, um, unexpectedly, block Shea Weber slap <laughs> shots with his hands. So that's there's one positive. Yes.
2: Yeah. The thing about, look, uh, I was going to say Gallagher, the thing about Pennard, Harvey Penard is that he, if what I really noticed about him last season is that he would dart into the crease and score and be gone before most defensemen could think about hitting him. Right. Mm. He's much more, much more agile player than Gallagher, even though he, he's a similar size and, you know, the kind of relentless motor, he's not standing there and getting cross-checked in the back of the head 17 times he's in and out and, you know, is quick on the puck. So I'm hopeful that he can avoid the, the kind of injuries that have dogged Gallagher lately, but we never know.
0: And I think people will kind of forget, you know, yeah. Gallagher plays like that in the nhl but he also played like that in junior and he played like that in the ahl so like it Mm -hmm. it always adds up right i don't think harvey bernard ever like you said ever played that physically you know going in front of net and just taking a cross check to the mouth and stuff like it's just it's kind of a unique situation so hopefully yeah the longevity is there
1: yeah he's the type of player it could there could be some times where he's on the same line as gallagher so i'm kind of excited to see if that happens yeah so, speaking of free agents, let's see. The Habs uh, also signed this fellow, Elias um, Anderson or Elias. <laughs> no, uh, just a little about him. Uh, I, I, so I go first, I guess. I, I remember this was the kid who, uh, during the World Championships uh, in Sweden, took the silver. He, uh, within about ten seconds after he had the medal put around his neck, he took it off and and tossed it to a fan in the stands. So. Uh, I'm a huge fan of that. I
3: love that move. <laughs> Jose Mourinho recently did it at the Europa champion, the Europa final. He uh, His team finished second. He threw his medal into a fan in the crowd because, yeah, like what does he care about the second place trophy? It's That's that's not an accomplishment for somebody that wants to be a champion. So I love uh, that play by Leah Anderson. That's the type of guy I want on my team, a guy that doesn't want to finish second place.
2: I, I like the move cuz he scored what 30 some goals in the AHL so if they don't reignite a spark and he becomes an NHL player at least he replaces some of the production lost by the, by Richard signing with the Bruins. Blah. Mm. I don't mind that he's gone. I just don't like him signing with the Bruins. Um Okay. But yeah, so no no risk, no the only risk is if somebody inexplicably picks him up on waivers, but you know, that's unlikely at this point. Yeah.
1: If they think, do, they do. Oh, yeah. go ahead.
0: Sorry. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, the only issue for me is it's a, a reminder of a miss by Bob Rob up high in the, in the first round, because he's one of the, don't Maybe I think Bob Rob is still there and he's a European. So it was with the Rangers, right? So um, yeah, I, I I can't complain that the production you can't lie with the production in ahl and like i said replacing richard and then i think laval is is going to be going for it this year right a lot of guys are taking a, a step forward so
1: yeah yeah so there was a fair good. amount oh sorry yeah there was a fair amount of turnover of course some veterans not getting re-signed so i understand the the move that way and especially with him being a center it's it's fine if he uh if he Stays in Laval all season, great. If he has an opportunity for a call-up, well, it probably means that the Habs are on for another five to seven hundred games of um, men lost to uh, to injury. So <laughs> we'll see. I guess It can't be three <laughs> years
3: in a row. Can it be three They're, years in a row? Well, they they've cleared house with the medical staff, right? So, yeah, and
2: their yep. new trainer is supposed to be one of the best in the business, according to okay. all reports. So
1: good, good. Perfect. They need no it.
3: injuries all year. Can't wait to see it.
1: Otherwise, somebody's going to have to sacrifice a chicken in center ice or something to get rid of this <laughs> bad mojo. I don't know.
3: Fry up, fry up some frog legs in center ice. <laughs> oh.
1: Oh. I, don't, I just don't know about that. Yeah, so so with the Habs roster situation being what it is, really they couldn't make too many moves or too many splashes. And At this point of the redraft, it's not too surprising that, uh, that that's happened. But they uh they did manage to re-sign Sean Monaghan for one season.
3: I am elated about that. It's such fantastic news uh that he's giving Montreal again an opportunity to potentially trade him at the deadline, essentially is what this is. He gets to, you know, keep his family in Montreal, not have to move in the offseason. So that's the positive rim. But I think Sean Monahan would have had, you know, at least 10 or 15 teams probably after him if he would have uh you know tested the market. So really great that Montreal was able to re-sign him. And uh, I thank Sean Monaghan for, you know, hopefully a second round pick that he turns into at the deadline if the Canadians are out of it uh, come March. Okay.
0: Yeah, I was hoping it would be a a precursor to Dvorak leaving because, you know, you want Dock at center. Monaghan maybe could play wing, but, you know, he could, you likely want him center. But I mean, Dvorak's still around and he had the no movement. Kick in after July first. I think it's only a select few teams. Uh, maybe it's a no trade. Yeah, it's uh, a no trade, not a no move. Okay. Oh, of course, it's like eight teams or something, right? So all the yeah. Canadian teams, I imagine, and, and like Jonathan said, Arizona. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so I, I was hoping he'd go, and there was like, you know, with teams striking out at free agency. But I mean, you can't complain about uh, Monahan being back. He was a great influence on Slavkovsky. You know when they put Slav with him and Anderson, that was a really good line actually for for a few games. That was
3: yes, yeah. yeah. That game uh, against against Arizona actually was one of the games they played together.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah so and I think they what? played a, a great game against Calgary. Might, I don't know if there was a, where Monahan scored like right away. Yes. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. yeah, I mean
3: yeah, uh, you know, hopefully. and on that on that note of Dvorak, uh, I, I think Montreal is going to have obviously some roster decisions to make, especially at forward. They're, there's, it's not like they're uh, deep with superstars, but they have a lot of that middling depth. And I, I think Dvorak needs to go. I think Evans needs to go too, probably. Uh, I don't know if there's a spot for him anymore. You want to have some more of these young guys playing minutes. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see who, who moves out and how they move out, whether they're placed on waivers at some point during training camp or if they do find a trading partner.
2: Yeah. Uh, Monaghan, absolutely, again, zero risk deal if he gets hurt it doesn't really hurt their cap this season if he plays well they can trade him for a pick or you know a prospect it's great as far as moving out forwards i'd like to see armia and hoffman gone before evans but since hughes is reluctant to give up assets I don't know if that's going to happen. Well, yeah, uh, actually, I, I, uh,
0: tomorrow is uh, Compost Day in Montreal, so you just put them <laughs> on the side of the road, and sure, uh, <laughs> uh, someone will—I'm <laughs> sure the truck will pick them up. Yeah, <laughs> I, all,
3: yeah, I would prefer to be Hoffman and Armia. I just find uh, th- those are more difficult contracts to bury in the miners um, yeah. because of the cap hits, yeah. and I think because of the cap hits, they're less desirable assets. So that's why oh, I yeah. said Dvorak and Evans. Because, yeah, if it would have the choice. I get rid of Armia and Hoffman for sure before both. But I think that um I think that Dvorak and Evans have more appetizing deals.
2: Yeah, I'm thinking given the de- the lack of depth at center on the free agent market, especially left, that somebody will bite on on Dvorak before. Yeah, I think so too. I think somebody can. bites on Dvorak. I hope yeah. so. With
0: with retention, I think it's like yeah. it becomes like two point two million a year if you retain fifty percent. Uh and he's a he's a center that wins like fifty Two fifty-three percent of his face, you know that's valuable. He's not you know, a bad speaking... third line center. I mean, yeah, and he's a big boy. He's a big boy. Yeah, you might not get the what you paid for him back, unfortunately, but you know no. I think you're at least getting a second. But uh, Norm, uh, speaking of all the veterans, what do you think of the Edmondson, uh trade? Oh yeah.
1: Well, before I get there, I'll I'll just speak my piece on Monahan. Yeah, I'm su- I'm super happy that he's back. He was a great influence on on the Habs younger players, especially and uh had a great attitude. So let's just hope that he's a little bit more revealing when things come if he does have any little boo-boos that uh talks to the athletic staff uh maybe a little quicker. Uh but other than that, yeah. Yeah, he's he's uh he's a good kid. I am hoping that uh he uh does what he can to help improve the, the club this year.
3: Yeah, he's not going to get hurt again like uh, he's already played his first game against Calgary now, so he doesn't need to do that now.
1: Yeah. But as for Edmondson, I uh, was super happy to see uh, them jettison him, to be honest. I don't think there's any place for him in this uh, squad. The way they're playing now under Martin St. Louis, he, he just doesn't fit. Like any of the games I saw him play after he missed the first, I don't know, 50 or 60 of them, he he looked so out of step. And at first, I, I could kind of understand or think that or justify it, I guess, that well, okay, he's got to get him to game shape, but it, it didn't make any difference. Like by game eighty-two, he was still just as insufferable to watch. Anytime almost any time I saw him on the ice, I'm thinking, "Well, here comes a goal again." So I, I just resign myself to it.
2: Yeah, um, I'm hope I like the player, you know, to, as uh, you know, for what he brought before he got hurt. Um, so I hope he has a bounce back with Washington, except when he's playing us, and you know couple draft picks and most importantly like you said norm clearing out the room uh for the young d to play is yep. the way to go
3: yeah i'm happy edmondson's gone as well um trade the old guys that's uh definitely the the path that i'm on because the young guys the only way they can get experience is by playing so i yep. know you need to have some uh, veteran presence on the team otherwise maybe things get off the rails a little too much without that veteran leadership but i think with nick suzuki as captain and the uh, you know the the, the leadership style that he has. I don't think they need a lot more veteran presence in the lineup. I think he's bringing a lot of that. So I'd like to see Savard dealt at some point. And I know that's probably more of a pipe dream because um, he did have a good a great year last year. But I think of a team, you know, Edmonton's going to be great for Washington to make the playoffs. The playoffs is a different game we saw again this year. You want to have those big heavy defensemen in the playoffs to be able to pound the opposition. And Savard could add some value to somebody at the trade deadline. And i just like to see more kids play. So, and yeah.
0: Washington will automatically be a favorite in the playoffs because they signed Max Pacioretty. So, uh... yeah. <laughs> oh, there you are. <laughs> I was so get...
3: relieved he didn't come back to Montreal. That was the biggest blessing <laughs> of uh, free agent frenzy for me. <laughs>
1: And his his contract, if I remember correctly, it's structured so like he gets two million and then the other rest the rest of it's in bonuses, which basically means he has to stay healthy for to receive the other two million or, or some part of it. No, so that, he only has to stay healthy for 20 games. Norm. Oh 20. okay. Wow. That,
3: that can be a stretch for that guy sometimes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just to get those draft picks for Edmondson was was a, a blessing and
0: a small miracle as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. There's no, there was no room for him anymore. And like, I never really thought of it either, Norm, but you're right. Then he came back and there was just like, he, di- he didn't add a single thing. Like, I think the only reason he played was because there were injuries, but like, and he's a veteran, you're not really going to scratch him probably, but like there's nothing that stands out about him, which is just, I don't know. It, it's just kind of sad what happened. Cause I mean the back injury, right. So it's kind of sad what happened to mm-hmm. a lot of, players on the team that went to the finals you know as we've talked about it time and time again but a lot yeah. of guys put their bodies on the line
2: yeah yeah that's you know, true you you mentioned Savard uh John the reason why he won't get traded right away is because he's right D and we're so weak organizationally on the right D and that's why I thought it's so odd that people were criticizing uh Hughes and Gorton for picking Rhinebacker as an area of need I mean Rarely, unless you're really reaching, does a team ever get criticized for picking a center, but everybody needs center. Right D are becoming even more rare than centers. I mean, I'm not sure if this is 100% accurate, but what I heard was that because of the way players are taught to grip their sticks and put their dominant hand at the top of the stick, that all these hockey camps are actually training players that might have picked up a stick and put their right hand at the bottom and shot right has trained them to be... To shoot left. So that's why right-handed shots and in particular right-handed defensemen are becoming so rare and so sought after. Right? Interesting. So I thought that was a really odd criticism. Oh, they said they were gonna take best player available and then they drafted for need. Well, everybody needs right D, and right D and trade are always at a premium, even if they're not very good. So hopefully reinbacker will be one that is good. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's it's, interesting. I've never heard that. That uh, that theory be beho- before or observation before? I guess it can't be just a theory. Perhaps just get all my defensemen
3: to play with straight-bladed sticks so they can shoot either way.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: That's a good idea.
1: Yeah. Well, you never know. Maybe the development coach will uh, throw a skill set at them to try and uh, try that out on a few scrimmages.
3: <laughs> is is going to make this team out of camp? Like, is he going to be on the twenty three man roster?
0: Yeah. Or would they waive will. him? No, he'll he'll be there. Who plays on the power play other than Matheson? You know, you kind of need him for that. In essence, it's not really going to be Justin Barron or Gouley. You know, like well, it could be. I I'd, I'd
3: like to see Barron and Gouley and Arbor Jacki get get an opportunity. Why not?
1: Hmm.
2: The only place it's- I want to see Weidman is seventh and eighth.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I agree there. I, I think that Habs are probably going to go with four forwards on the power play again, at least for the first wave. Second wave, Baron could get some ice time on that unit, and after that, I don't know. But but
0: yeah. Plus, well, I mean, he at the very least, Weidman is really liked in the dressing room, right? So if you start getting, you know, they got rid of Petrie, who was really liked. Okay, yeah, Coach fair enough. Yeah, boys, boys love Ed him. Boys love was loved. The guys like Weidman, and he makes. Uh, I think his salary had to go up because. The uh, the league minimum went up, right? So he's just literally <laughs> making league minimum.
1: So. Yeah,
0: <laughs> perfect.
1: That's true. So, but but certainly removing Edmondson brings them to eight solid uh, or so eight pro ready defensemen. Let's put it that way on on their roster to begin the the year. So. We'll see. I mean, there's going to be some injuries, perhaps. I don't out of this group. I don't know who could be sent down. Well, I guess Barron could be sent down. Well, actually, some of the younger guys could all technically be sent down still, but I really doubt they'll they'll push it to that because they all kind of showed their medal last year.
2: It'll be
3: um, I, I I do want to talk about Arbor Jacki a little bit. Um, okay. Obviously, uh, for a couple of reasons. One, um, his brother was obviously drafted by the Canadians in the, in the later rounds there. Um, Very cool that they're both going to be in the same organization. Probably unlikely that his brother Florian is going to play many NHL games, but I do want to shout out some mad respect to Ryan Reeves, uh, who obviously last year on this podcast, um, we called him out because um, he uh, demanded a trade from Minnesota. Um, to the Rangers right before the Canadians were about to play Minnesota twice in the span of a couple of weeks because he was afraid of Arbor Jack I, and Now he's signed in the division, so kudos to you, Ryan Reeves. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like that you're stepping up to the plate, and I can't wait to see how you fare against Arbor Jackeye. And uh, looks like the looks like the Atlantic Division is going to get, uh, you know, quite a few scraps because uh, Milan Lucic is back in Boston too. So hopefully, he doesn't tear Jackeye's shoulders out of their sockets. Um, but it's going to be a little bit of a war between Montreal, Toronto, and Boston. I think with some fights, mm. and I'm excited for Arbor to uh, to test his metal.
1: Yeah, and you, you forgot to mention Max Domi uh, coming back into the into the division too.
3: Yeah, he's going to be a nightmare to play against. He's probably very excited to be a Toronto Maple Leaf, and I'm sure he'll try to finish his career in mm. Toronto. Uh, you know, he, he'll be he'll be a god there. I wonder how he's gonna. I wonder how Domi's gonna like the compete level of some of those. Uh, star players in the playoffs though that's why ryan that's why ryan o'reilly uh, did not even entertain going back to toronto he was absolutely depressed every single time he sat on the bench and watched uh, some of some of those guys play against florida in the second round he couldn't do it
2: <laughs> maybe did you guys read that you know people uh, again the 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 trolls you know criticizing montreal for taking uh uh, Jack high in the fourth round because it's a reach. It's like saying like buying a second lottery ticket's a reach. I mean, come on, yeah. it's fourth round, pick. <laughs> I was yeah. third round pick. Like, come on.
0: I um, I didn't I didn't like it, but that's no? just me. No, yeah, I, I, he's an awful player. Okay, you're, you're just doing this to, to help Arbor, and I I don't like that in the in the fourth round. I mean, like I said, I mean at that point it's a dart throw, but I mean it's just like he's an overager in the OHL, and he had like what like a handful of points, like as a forward is it's not, it's not pretty, but that, they might be projecting great. him to kind of explode at that age. Like Arbor did. Right.
2: So. Well, I've heard him described as the winger version of Arbor. So. Yeah. If, if he like nobody on earth imagined that, that Arbor Jack, I would go from undrafted working at Costco to playing for the Canadians and doing well enough to secure a spot in the league. So, who knows what his brother will do?
0: I do like that they're both yeah. they both grew up Habs fans, and they're probably pretty jacked up right now to play for the Habs. And yeah, know, that, exactly, that, exactly. Exactly. Put, exactly.
3: Put 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 Flor- put Florian in the lineup uh for some preseason games, and tell him anything he does where he gets suspended, it's fully paid for. <laughs> let him go nuts. <laughs> let him go nuts. Bash, bash brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, I don't like reaches in the first or second rounds, but third or fourth round, if they if they take a chance on a player, I, I'm not worried about it.
1: Yeah. Uh, the, what
3: was with the Habs taking 16 goalies in the draft? By the
1: way.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I like the first round pick, but uh, and and J, Jacob Fowler. I like Fowler. That. I like yeah. That. Yeah. But I mean, I like after him. that, it was a, it was a real head scratchier of a of a draft. Like, it, it like, was, is this was, the
3: deepest goalie draft in NHL history?
2: <laughs> uh Who knows? <laughs> like really, who knows? <laughs>
1: yeah. No, that that was odd, but I, I guess they they you know now that Hughes and Gordon have had you know like the amount of time they've now been with the organization to evaluate everything, they must be thinking, "Wow, our depth at goalie is terrible, and what we have in the minors is even worse." So let's start drafting hey. them. <laughs> So I I have no problem with that, and and I really don't have a problem with Florian either. Really, the these guys, you know, from fourth round on, they're all dart throws, of course. But it, it's it's not bad PR for them to pick him up, and if he gets on that special high protein diet that uh, Arbor was on for the last uh, couple of years of his uh, well, three years, I guess, because he was an overager in the OHL to uh, to super bulk up and. And still keep it skating, then I'm all for it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like, maybe
3: he'll be a maybe he'll be a good pro in Laval too, right? He could be a good AHLer.
1: Yeah. And if yeah. so, you
3: you need you do need to have guys in that in the system to you know play uh, play in that that level as well that are never going to get called up that can be an AHL guy for five or six years. So yeah. maybe he'll be that and get called up for a few cups of coffee to play with his brother. But yeah, probably under on um, 29 and a half games played for the Canadians.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll be shocked if he appears in in a Habs pro uniform, you know, before the age of, say, 23, 24. Uh, I think he's going to take the Harvey Penard uh, long route to get there.
3: Yeah. Maybe ECHL to start, eh? Not,
2: yeah, uh,
3: maybe.
2: Yeah. But not a bad thing to have, you know, a really hard nosed, uh, high work ethic player in in Laval. I mean, there's still lots of fights in the AHL. If you have, Top prospects down there. It's not a bad idea to have somebody who's willing to drop the gloves and
0: protect them. Yeah. But speaking yep. of uh, Jack, I and protecting. Would you guys sign someone more heavyweight to help him out? Because Lucich is on the Bruins, and because Reeves is with the Leafs. I would very much entertain the offer. Have not thought about it, Sean. Who are you thinking? <laughs> well, I have no idea. I don't know. If, does that? still exists that role like I don't like other than those two I mean, and who can actually who can you sign that's going to fight them like I think like Pizzetta would be willing but you just get killed yeah <laughs> but yeah uh, Pizzetta
3: will try I I, yep.
0: I I don't
2: think Lucic wants to fight much at age 35 I could be wrong, I, think but, wrong. I think you're wrong
3: I think you're right I think being uh-huh. back in Boston he will yeah. be on the smelling salts like you wouldn't believe. Like he'll be <laughs> on the bench just vibrating. I imagine he'll play set. He'll jump on the ice several times without a stick this season. He's just going to go out there <laughs> looking to tear guys heads off. Wow. <laughs> it could be right. Good thing the Habs don't have any rushing defensemen.
1: Yeah. Where does uh, uh, Mike Komasarik is is assistant coach somewhere now, right? We talked about that before.
3: Maybe in high know. school or something like that.
0: <laughs> That's about his level of education. No, I think
1: I think he's with somebody. Well, you guys can fact check me later.
0: Well, I I I, mean, uh, yeah, go ahead,
1: Norm. Oh, okay. So I was gonna say, so so, I'm I'm most I'm pretty positive. I had a lot of positive reactions to this draft, but I I gotta say I had one super negative one. I've got to bring up, and that was obviously the carry carry price gap at the draft. And and I'm I'm sorry, but that was just that was fucking embarrassing. Like I'm embarrassed as a fan. Uh, that he, I'm embarrassed for him. I'm embarrassed for the poor Heimbacher kid. Price was invited to do one thing, show up on stage and say two names and he got one of them right. Like, Fuck, I hope they don't invite him to any more public appearances. Because that, that's, Pri- Gary Price the person I've lost so much respect for after that.
3: Oh, come on, Norm. He just made a silly mistake. and more maybe he didn't. Maybe he saw the name when they handed it to him on the way up there. And he was giving them a chance to change their pick. David, do you mean <laughs> that did do you, <laughs> you check back? Are you sure you want me to take this kid? Are you sure? Uh, so,
2: I did like the way Hughes stepped in, although it was obviously face saving, but we you know, planned it that way. cute damage cards, control, Q damage control yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. He's got a big
2: hand, write it on your friggin' hand if you can't. Jeez. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I,
0: I didn't like it either nor i'm with you like i just like it just kind of reiterates how dumb some athletes are and i'm not that i'm superior to them they're millionaires and i'm just some bum but i mean like it's it's two names and it's not a difficult name it's david reinbacker like it's just it's not it's it's not and weber did the same thing cole kaufeld yeah like it's just 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 like (laughs) like
3: yeah one thing i think that you guys that we, we should all we should think about is those players have probably very rarely, if ever, spoken on a microphone in front of that many people. Sure, they've spoken in front uh, of a microphone, in front of a meet 10 or 12 or 50 or 60 media that they see every day. But, um, you know, they don't always necessarily speak, you know, to thousands of people in an arena yeah, and have they to might go be... up and say something. And maybe Kerry was too focused on trying to say a few words in French at the start, and he got all slipped up and didn't want to mispronounce it. Um, yeah, nope.
1: Maybe, but Kerry can... probably. Has also been at the All-Star Awards uh, ceremonies how many times and standing up in front of a large group of people with a mic. uh, Yeah,
2: but anybody anybody can freeze. Cue cards. The end. Also, don't make disparaging remarks about the poor guy on Twitter because he made a mistake. Just, you know, like people were posting, like, lay off the bottle and all this stupid shit. Yeah, I didn't like
1: that. I I mean, and he owned his mistake on social media. I'll give him that. Exactly.
2: He owned up to it. And I, I the, the only thing I didn't like about the draft is the reaction of some yahoos blackening the name of Habs fans by acting like complete jackasses. Right. And, you
3: know, and he so- did he yeah. did make it up to Ryan Backer. Um, Carey Price, yeah. as you guys know, moved out of uh, out of um, Montreal back to BC. He gave Ryan Backer his house. So, <laughs> <laughs> super, super nice guy, Carey Price. Got to give him kudos for that uh, $4 yeah. million, dollar, $5 million dollar house. If it was in BC, it'd be worth six hundred and sixty million, but yeah. um, in Montreal it's only four or five. And, Rolex. Uh, it's a very nice one, one to do that. So. Ryan Balker's got a place to stay if he does make Montreal this year. He's got a pretty well, nice house.
1: Well, it sounds like you're saying he's definitely gonna make it, at least in the <laughs> AHL now. I know we talked about that already, but uh yeah, uh You can always
2: commute to Laval, Norm.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> It'd be pretty wild to go on the metro one day and there's just like a hockey player with his bag and stuff, like yeah, going all the way to, to Laval. Yeah,
1: and people walking up to him saying, You're David, uh yeah. Reinbacker. <sighs> I
3: I really hope, I really hope when he scores his first goal in the NHL, that they uh play Carey Price saying, David. David <laughs> David.
1: And I hope I hope that's how they do it
2: yeah <laughs> oh dear
1: oh dear indeed oh my gosh uh let's see in my notes here I wanted to bring up one other thing about the Habs and that was uh I thought it was interesting that the Habs did not re-sign Gurionov he was not given a qualifying offer so I know last year the same thing happened to Pitlick but they still continue negotiating with him and I think one or two days later they they did sign him or re sign him, I mean. So what do you think about the the, the Guryanov, uh, situation? He stinks.
0: Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> okay.
1: <laughs> okay. Short to the point.
3: Yeah, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I know what Sean's saying by he stinks. He had some good shots last year and scored a couple nice goals, but he it, it, it's just more jumbled up middle six forwards. The Habs probably already have too many of them already. So I don't see the point in signing him. It's not like he is filling a huge need for them. He doesn't play center ice. He's a winger. They're a dime a dozen. Yeah, he's big. He had that um, great run the year Dallas made the cup finals. But, uh, yeah, I, unless he wants to come back for, you know, a million bucks, then I, I, w- I wouldn't be pursuing him too heavily.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it took a little longer to sign Pitlick last year than, than a couple days. But it also, I think this fact that they signed Leas Anderson – probably precludes them taking on the project of Gurianoff as well. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I think that pretty much is the handwriting on the wall for him. So that's fine. They really didn't give up anything for him because Dadnoff was terrible. He was garbage for the Habs, although he developed well uh, after he got to Dallas. Surprise. Yeah, Dallas signed him to a two-year extension.
2: Yeah.
3: (laughs)
1: It was worth a shot
2: though. It wasn't, I mean, you know.
1: Yeah. But in a way what they gave up was, uh, Weber's uh, salary cap uh, LTIR space, right?
3: Correct. Yeah,
2: exactly. So the Habs
1: inadvertently helped uh, Vegas uh, get their cup this, this season.
3: Too bad Weber got traded to Arizona. He could have won the cup of Vegas. Hey, eh? poor guy.
1: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. What do you guys
2: think of, uh, speaking of players that weren't qualified, what do you guys think of Max Comtois? He wasn't qualified by An- by Anaheim.
3: Yeah, I probably wouldn't qualify him either. I'm sure eventually at some point, uh, well, actually I shouldn't say this because you shouldn't uh, presume guilt of anyone, but I think he was involved with that uh, World Juniors um, sexual Ooh. violence thing. Uh, I think he was one of the culprits. So I, I think until we there's a resolution of that story, you might not see him signed anywhere. I could be wrong mm. on that, um, but that's the, that's the belief of the uh, Internet sleuths.
2: Okay. <laughs> Okay. I hadn't thought of that.
3: The guy I I'm, I'm, I'd be more interested in because I because of the upside um would be Philip Zadina who yeah. uh who's just placed on waivers by Detroit and I you know you know he's somebody that I I, I remember at the I remember at the draft when uh, Montreal picked up um Zadina and Kachuk being the other two guys that um were believed to Montreal be interested in. So um mm-hmm. I, I'm not exactly sure what happened with Zadina in Detroit. I know there was a period of time he was he was playing well, and then I guess he got bumped to the third or fourth line. Blast shell didn't like him or something like that. So I don't know exactly that what transpired there, but uh, I still think he's somebody that could have some major scoring upside. He's uh he is a pure goal scorer.
1: I can tell you that he definitely had a pretty serious concussion and it took him okay. a very long time to come back from that. And oh I didn't know about that norm. Okay. Yeah, so I, I think that's part of the risk if anybody takes him on now is whether how healthy he really is now.
0: He went unclaimed, by the way. He
3: went oh, so he, he did, so uh, he he, so he can go to Grand Rapids or wherever Detroit's farm team is. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yep. Okay. Grand Rapids.
3: Yeah. Speaking of the
2: 2018 draft, guys, you know, Bob Ruff gets slagged for picking kratsoff number nine for the Rangers. But have a look at, like, and Sean, you know the guys, the prospects better than I do. Here's who was picked after him. Evan Bouchard, Oliver Wallstrom, Noah Dobson, Ty Delandria, Joel Farabee, Grigory Denisenko, Martin Kaut, Ty Smith, Liam Foudy, Jay O'Brien, Rasmus Kumpari, Ryan Merkley, <laughs> K. Andre Miller, also by the Rangers, Isaac Lundstrom, Philip Johansson, Dominic Bach.
3: So a whole bunch of nothing.
2: Jacob Bernard Docker, Nicholas Baudin, Niles Lundquist, Rasmus Sandin, Joe Velino, and Alexander Alexiov. Mm. So who on that list stands out as a surefire right now excellent NHLer? Besides
0: uh, K Andre Keandre Miller. Miller, the four right after
1: yeah. Evan Bouchard is the number one
0: defenseman of Edmonton. Okay, Wallstrom has been great with the Islanders, and so has Dobson. And so has Dobson, okay, yeah, okay. uh,
1: Farabee is also very good. Farabee is good,
2: yeah. Okay, so those four guys.
0: All right. But I, Kraftstall was a guy that was supposed to go higher, and then he dropped because of the Russian thing. Yeah. Obviously, different circumstances, but like, yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I, the thing that always sticks out to me with both, oddly enough, the Rangers and the Habs is that very poor at finding forwards, very good at finding defensemen and goaltenders. So as you can see, Ryan, you know, Keandre Miller later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, maybe it's a development thing, right? And then the Habs too; they never seem to have yeah. an issue with ever finding a goalie. And then defensemen, it's been easier for them. Yeah. so so we should be a little more positive about Ryan Backer. So Bob Roth saw something with a Reinbacker yeah, that is true. But Ryan Backer outside of David
3: Fisher, most uh, defensemen, the Canadians draft high and usually turn out pretty good. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a good
2: point. And that was a long time ago, David Fisher.
3: yeah. And it's uh, it's got I would imagine some of that has to do with there's obviously significantly less offensive pressure. On defensemen, even when they come into the league, you know, if they're not scoring or producing anything, they're not really going to hear about it because they're a defenseman. So yeah. Yeah.
1: Good
0: point. So that,
3: that just made me more excited about uh Ryan Backer. That's good.
0: Okay. Is, well, good. Is, is there a team that stood out to you guys during free agency uh, getting better? Oh, Toronto without a doubt.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: I, I, you guys are laughing, but I think Toronto is a better team now. I really do. Like especially oh. come playoff time. I, I, I think the, I think Tyler Bertuzzi is an, a fantastic player. They're nine a million nightmare. over the
0: cap, though. They're, they're nine have, million
3: over the cap right now.
0: Y- yeah, and that's with no one on LTIR. If they put Murray on LTIR, they're okay. Well, they're going to
3: trade under then.
0: Well, then they're going to get significantly worse. Maybe because now you're. What are you going to put? Like Kelly Yarncrocks going to be in your top six? They're worse than last year. Well, let's let's hope so. Who's
3: in nets for the Leafs?
0: Uh, I would say, think it's Sam Samson. Samsonov. They, have, they haven't even signed him. They haven't signed him. Yeah, okay. he's an RFA. Did they, did, they, eight they eight could just play I
2: with I thought, six, were, I thought they were like seven million over the cap.
0: And a, the Leafs a should a, just play with six skaters.
3: Put Revo out there as a sixth as a sixth man to block the net. I, I <laughs> hope they I hope they play
0: Reeves seventeen minutes a game. Yeah, I
3: mean. <laughs> Oh, it's definitely a different mindset in Toronto. And, and so do we
0: and so yep. do we all. <laughs> and they uh you know they've had struggles defensively and they signed Klingberg, who's like one of the worst defensive defense, you know, like he's awful. Like he can put points up, but he's just like he's like a half Carlson. Yeah.
2: Small yeah. I'm interested. Last year he was the worst defensive defenseman in the entire league. In a league that contains Jack Johnson.
3: <laughs> <Somehow>. <laughs> I'm I'm and interested Marksville. to see what happens with Ottawa and DeBrinket. That that's uh, for in, in the division. I think I'm most excited about for what happens is where where does DeBrinket go? Because I've heard rumors of Detroit, but now that's uh, you know Eiserman's no longer interested at the asking price, and I think that'll be an, an interesting little move. I don't think uh, Eiserman lost his
0: brain. What what is he doing? <laughs> and I then mean, the other... <laughs> we got Moritz Cider. Let's help him out with uh, Ben Sherat, Shane Goss <laughs> bear and uh, Justin Hole. Oh, no, no, but it, it just to me it seems like Brisebois was always the brains behind the operation in Tampa.
3: Okay, I mean, well, I Eisenman did draft Siders, so he did that. And then the other thing that I, the other thing I found exciting, I'd say, is Chicago. Um, obviously, they got Bedard, and they're bringing in a lot of uh, people to protect and insulate him with Perry and Felino. Those are two, you know, awesome pros that'll definitely be, you know, by his side. I'm sure one of them will be on his line, probably at all times both for the protection and for you know just showing them showing them the ropes of the nhl i guess if you will although i don't think but going to struggle to play in the nhl having somebody that's a dynamo in the offensive zone with the puck and protecting the puck like perry's going to be great and
0: felino create room for him when he's out there and they also brought in taylor hall so I, I hope think Chicago both will be an Foligno and year. Perry are on his line. Cause I want to see Bedard alone in the offensive zone while they're trying to get there. I was going to say, <laughs>
2: Sean, following up on that, I was just about to say that that would really highlight Bedard's change of pace as he has to slow down <laughs> repeatedly for them.
1: <laughs>
3: uh, I'm sure Bedard will love playing with both of them. <laughs>
1: uh, so sure. I took a quick look at the, the Leafs, uh, roster for a second. So Jake Muzzin was is still listed as L T I R. So maybe they're expecting he's not gonna make it next year either.
3: Oh poor yeah. guy. What what happened to him? Broken the hip or something?
1: Concussion, oh, I think. I thought it was concussion.
3: Oh, okay. Brutal. Too bad for him.
1: Yeah, for somebody. Yeah, he's on an age too. He's 34. So that's a little bit rough. Oh, okay. Let's see. Other topics around the around the hockey world. What else did I want to talk about? Oh yeah, exhab uh, Tyler Toffoli we got traded to New Jersey. Mass Exodus. And there's like the yeah that like it's now this is two years in a row where Calgary veterans are basically saying they're not going to resign. And even though the teams had a GM and coach turnover, it, like it's crazy. Why I have no idea why this is happening. The coach though is not much of turnover. Right, he was an assistant
3: coach or a coach in the organization. That uh, I think followed mm. the Sutter philosophy quite oh. perso- closely. Okay. so I'm not sure how much of a change the players feel like it is, and maybe that's why you see Tafoli out and why uh, you know, I, Hagman and those other guys kind of don't want to come back either.
2: But but I heard I heard that the new guy, the coach, is you know the opposite of Sutter, and he was the the friend, the the good guy, okay. sheltering the players. So. I don't know if that's it or not, but
3: yeah. But the assistant coach always takes on the role of being the shelter of the players. Doesn't necessarily mean that their coaching tactics or style would be different if he was in the head coach position. Uh, you could be right, Paul, but I think that the players no, just but, feel like it wasn't big enough of a change, and that's why. Yeah, went
2: out. but I don't think it was a tactics thing. I was thinking it was Sutter acting like a bag of shit all the time, like when he <laughs> he, he went out of his way to to humiliate uh, Pelche in the in the uh, press conference for no reason at right. all. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff doesn't sit well with modern players at all.
3: He right, is so. very funny though. I, I do think it should be a rule that he has to be rehired by um, <laughs> the next team that fires a coach until they <laughs> choose somebody that they got to hire Thudder. Cause it's funny. Him and Tortorella should always be
0: coaching cause they're hilarious. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> two dinosaurs. <sighs> uh,
0: uh, uh, but the, you talking about to and the, the devils are a scary team. Like going yeah. forward, I mean yeah. Hughes, Brat, and he's at eight million or less per year for yeah. multiple years. Yeah. And then Timo Meyer under eight point is a lot, but I mean he's a very good player. Yeah. I mean, that that is a scary team. And, and their defense yeah. is pretty sick too. Young defense, you yeah. Luke Hughes, Simon Nemich is gonna come up. If they get a goalie, they were in on a hell of a buck, I think, but yeah. apparently they don't want to pay what he wants. Okay. Uh, which is like Eight million plus a year, which I, I agree with. But I mean, yeah, if they even if they get him for one year, I mean, uh, watch out,
2: yeah. But they didn't give up much to get to Foley either, really. I didn't think,
1: right? Not yeah, much.
2: he was the Flames leading scorer, and they got you know, not much.
3: Yeah, I think the Foley will exactly love it, it in sure. New Jersey too. They get to they get to freewheel quite a bit in the offensive zone, so I think uh, he's gonna like playing for Lindy Ruff, uh, uh kind of a rejuvenated dinosaur. <laughs> yeah no nowhere fair. near as funny but he he did have some good lines what was what did he what was the line lindy ruff said oh definition of a joke
1: yeah
3: that's lindy ruff right yeah, yeah very funny guy
1: okay i don't remember that one i don't remember what it was in reference to but he's
3: like this that's the definition of a joke
0: the definition of a joke something like that I'll send it to <laughs> okay you. okay do please do and the the canes are a team that the you know I don't know where they find the cap space. They just keep signing players all the time, and I just, like, I haven't... Aren't they set? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> like with the, I think uh, yeah, Bergevay did them a favor with the Aho offer sheet.
1: Uh, yeah, you could argue that, they, although they weren't too happy about it at the time. But yeah, they've they've worked it out well in their advantage. I don't think they have too many very high-paid players by standards of other teams, I'd say.
0: No, they have uh, their highest paid is uh, at 8.4, which is not a lot for a number one center. That's 25. Yeah, he's he's a UFA next year. So I think that was part of the the plan by uh, Vergevin. I mean, they went and got Orlov. uh, They went and got Michael Bunting, who I guess would help in the playoffs. I mean, and there's they're in on Carlson, apparently. So, yeah, that's scary. It's unusual.
3: What does San Jose want for Carlson? Or do they more so just want to get rid of the salary cap? I think rid they're
2: just looking to get rid of the, the,
3: the salary. Because he was a, he was incredible last year, incredible,
1: yeah. rejuvenated, totally.
0: If I'm yeah, at it I'm was on. only 101 points. It's not that many.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> if no, I'm Edmonton, I'm, I'm, I'm giving up
3: the moon for him. I'm giving up the moon
0: or Pittsburgh. I'm giving up the moon. Imagine the Canes get him. You either have Burns or Carlson on the ice at all times. Essentially. That's crazy. There's no
3: way they can get him. They're not
0: going to oh. have Burns like Carlson. No way. That's
1: That's no that way. is scary.
2: I think there was a team that had Burns and Carlson. Wasn't there? Yeah, San Jose. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> and they're basically paying to get rid of them.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. One man's trash.
1: All right Is guys.
0: Bergevin's what dream. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, speaking of Bergevin, notice how uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois ended up in LA.
3: I know Sean's disappointed about that, but that was a lot big package and a lot yeah. of money to spend, so yeah. oh, well. yeah. and and like Sean said, I think she's he put a um there's a no trade request. He did put a guaranteed trade request in his contract at any point in the next 3 years he can request a trade to Montreal. So and it's automatically, and it's for a seventh round pick. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: all, all, all I, have I to love say it. Dubois is this, bah, humbug. He had the <laughs> chance to be the spiritual successor to Gila Lafleur, and he chose to become Marcel John.
3: <laughs> you know what? I'm just happy he's not here because I'm happy in October we don't get to hear about. It. Is Sean, Nick Suzuki really a captain?
2: Yeah. So you'll have to I'm look those names, up, those names up. Maybe not the Lafleur one, but the other one.
0: <laughs> not, um, yeah, I mean, I'm sad he's not there, but I mean that that was like uh, that. What's that deal equivalent for Montreal? That's Doc Anderson, and then another pretty good young player. So I, that's like I always said that Doc was just a, a no starter for me. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad I mean, no, Doc, I, I, we know I, I, Doc. We know
3: Doc can play in Montreal pretty successfully at Sunrise. We have no idea if Dubois would be able to handle the pressure and do that. We don't.
1: But it's the end of a chapter. We talked about him a lot this uh, past season, for sure.
2: I think the only people more relieved that that's over are the Montreal journalists.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I might mean, be they're not relieved though. There's that. Would have been, you know how many pages of paper they could have had? What did Pierre Luc Dubois eat for breakfast? This is what a captain eats: better than Suzuki. Yeah, but don't, <laughs> he speaks. <right? laughs> he, he ordered in French at the restaurant. Better <laughs> captain than Suzuki. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <gasps> Although I think, he probably does order in French restaurants. I think action. the
2: more rational journalists actually get tired of writing about the same old crap over
3: and over again. <laughs> Why don't they just use Chat GPT at this point?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I will say that uh I'm sure the Western Conference is scared of LA in the playoffs because if they put all three at center, you're either going up against Kopitar Dubois, or Dano head to head. Yeah, that is yeah. Pets yeah, if they all if
3: they if they all play twenty minutes, there's one of them on the ice at all times. So
1: yeah, that's a nightmare. Yeah, good point. Well, guys, I've run out of topics and it's getting late, so I guess uh, let's call it a, a podcast. Thank you very much for joining me tonight.
0: Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you again, and happy congrats 100. On the one hundred.
1: Yeah, happy one hundred. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and as always, go Abs.